0: join us for these special episodes of the UGA RUF podcast. The audio you're about to hear is from our spring 2021 winter retreat. Justin Clement, the former UGA RUF campus minister, was our speaker. And in the audio you're about to hear now, Casey Ashton, our girls intern at UGA RUF, facilitates a conversation with Justin and his wife, Elizabeth, and taking questions from our students in the audience. We hope it's helpful to you.
1: to start off with and we'll kind of add in some of the student questions that we've gotten throughout the afternoon um, but if you guys want to continue um, texting questions to me i'll have my phone on me this whole time and so if you have other things that are kind of sparked by some of the things that justin um, and elizabeth answer and you take another question you're welcome to text me but also at one point we'll just toss it to you guys and so if you have a question that you're fine just like shouting out from the group, and you don't have to um, text it to me. You can just um, speak it whenever we talk about it to you guys. Um, but just um, for tonight, we ask that you keep questions related to this topic. Um, if you've got other questions, um, regardless, Ben says, save that for the campfire, and we'll chat about that then. Um, but for now, roughly on this topic that Justin has been talking about tonight, um, keep questions related to that. So, um, with that
2: being said,
1: my mic died. So well, um.
2: I think it did. Mr. Yeah, I think it is. But I can be good and loud.
1: Okay. See if this, it's not yeah. going to stretch to Elizabeth, but it it'll stretch over you. Um Okay. So first first question, just to start us off, um, would love to hear just a little bit about your own personal story as it relates to following Jesus.
2: Absolutely. Um, you it know what? Can y'all hear me? Yeah. Awesome. Um, the first thing I want to say is uh, if you have questions for me or Elizabeth and you don't want to text Casey and you just want to talk afterward, I would love to do that. I want to be a resource. I want to help you all. I know every situation, everyone has different experiences they're going through. So sometimes it can be hard to kind of tailor this. Please, I would love to talk with you afterwards. So that's that's the first thing I want to say. Um, So my story, I really want y'all to hear this because I think, I hope that my story is an encouragement and a blessing to you. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. I went to a Christian high school and I went to a Christian college. And my senior superlative, my senior year of high school was best Christian attitude in school. (laughs) Seriously. Which basically meant that I got really awesome. Ben, you were like so resourceful. Thanks, man. <laughs> You're uber competent. Um, you know what? Here's, I'm already loud enough. Can I get this to you soon? <laughs> You're awesome. <laughs> um, so what that basically meant is like I really did love Jesus. I wasn't like putting on a show, but I also got really good at acting more spiritual and more mature than I was because I loved the affirmation and the attention that I got from teachers and parents And, man, I just learned how to play the game um, And the reason why you need to know that Is because I grew up in a particular great church uh, Who taught the Bible But there was so much focus on having a quiet time This is like late 80s, early 90s Everyone needs to have a quiet time Everyone needs to have a quiet time You've got to read your Bible every day Read through the Bible in a year And we those are wonderful things the way that I heard that... I don't know if any of y'all are, are, are like me. I heard that as I'm being a bad Christian. Like, Jesus is disappointed in me. I'm looking around the room. Everybody's getting the hang of this. What the heck is my problem? Like, I'm best Christian attitude. Why, why can't I sit and read the Bible? Why, why, why don't I have a good prayer life? And I just felt like, honestly, I know this is, a, is an oxymoron, I felt like a bad Christian. And, I, and why would I want to go into God's presence... If I feel like a big loser and a big failure, because functionally I was living like my relationship with God is up to how well I perform. And, y'all, that just tied me in knots. It led to this uh, duplicity in my lifestyle, where if you would see me, I was uber extroverted, you know, crazy, you know, getting attention. I would have been the first out there doing that crazy game y'all played today, which was, there were some epic hits. It was unbelievable. You know, confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I knew behind closed doors internally, I was um, angry. I felt shame. I felt discouraged. I felt, um, I knew that something wasn't right. And um, I was I had this like secret life of pornography addiction that nobody knew about, but yet I was the best Christian I had to do in the whole school. There was such a disconnect between my external life and my internal life. And I had no idea what to do with it. And I was overwhelmed. I was hearing good things, but the, remember the whole theme that I'm talking about about having a relationship with God. That He, you know, it's not about perfection, it's about connection. Remember that picture I held up of the, of the fish that looks kind of like an eel? I was thinking that I had to have the perfect spiritual life for God to actually want to have a relationship and connection. But instead, he just wants to be with me as a mess, as a struggler. I miss that. Okay, so that, that's like the first chapter is I'm, I'm a bad Christian. I'm, dis, you know, I'm disappointing God. I'm disappointing my family. Uh, fast forward, way fast forward. I go to seminary High school, college, seminary And I start hearing about grace I start hearing about the gospel I start hearing about grace is not just What saves non-Christians and, and rescues you out of hell And brings you into the Father's arms It is actually grace That grows you And that when you are a Christian You have the smile of your Heavenly Father And it doesn't change Because it's completely contingent By the work of Jesus that blew my mind, y'all. I mean, I was just like—I remember weeping going out of class. I'm like, I—my whole life I've been on this spiritual performance treadmill, trying to be a good Christian, trying to earn back my way into God's presence. And um, here I am. Oh my gosh! The Bible teaches you're saved by grace and you grow by grace. Good doctrine, good theology. Here's the problem, though. It wasn't a, uh, the problem. Is I thought, okay. Great, now all I have to do is believe the right doctrine, I have to agree with the right theology, and that'll make me a person who's mature, okay? So for so long, I'm like, yes, gospel, 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 yes, 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 it's all about God's grace, but I never personalized it, y'all. I never sat for 10 seconds by myself or 20 seconds by myself and said, Jesus, If I was the only human being on planet Earth ever from all time, you were willing to come and rescue me by name. I couldn't go there. I knew it was the right theological statement, but I really thought that if I just believe the right theology, that will give me that stability, that deep connection that I long for. Can we all agree that biblical doctrine and theology is a really good thing? We like that. That wasn't the problem. My problem was I thought if I just get it in my head, that will give me the stability and the security and the deep relationship that I longed for. Okay, now a pastor. I'm actually the RUF pastor here at the University of Georgia from 2010 to 2017. And I found that there was a level of depth that I could go to when I was pastoring students. I loved Jesus. I really did. I read my Bible. I prayed. I loved my wife. The whole deal. But there was a level of depth. I would sit with students who were profoundly depressed. I would sit with with students who who would say, I am so, like, wrecked by pornography, or I can't stop drinking, or I don't know what to do. And there was – I could only go to a certain level with a student. I couldn't go deeper. I couldn't really get down deep and help them and be compassionate and endure with them. Because there was only a spiritual depth in my own heart, in my own life. And I was a pastor, y'all. This, this was like four years ago. I'm 43 years old. I love Jesus. I've been a Christian since I was 10. But I still, so I hope this is encouraging you in the sense that, like, we all have things to grow and learn about. And it's about a relationship and it's about a journey. Now, I'm going to wrap this up. I know this is like a really long answer, but I, I hope this frames kind of the whole deal. Like I said the first time, I'm not the expert. I'm still learning. Fast forward. Um, as I'm realizing there's a there's a fragility and a shallowness in my own heart, even though I'm believing the right theology, the Lord brings suffering into our family. And he just completely lays us out there. I, I don't have to get into the details. Don't worry. It's not like someone lost their life or something like that or something, you know, like a headline thing. But just personal suffering that laid Elizabeth and I and our family out. All the crutches, all the appearances that I put before people, all the I'm the, wearing the pastor hat, I have the answers. I didn't have any of that crap, y'all. I remember i felt like that woman that i refer to today when jesus is on his way to go heal the big shot celebrity guy's daughter jairus and he gets stopped by this woman who is falling apart at the seams who is suffering greatly bleeding for 12 years and she collapses at jesus feet and he has compassion and he moves toward her and heals her. i felt like that woman and that is where i met jesus now been saved for a really really long time but that was where I realized I'm a mess I don't have anything to give you I'm you know I'm struggling and I see now that like Tim Keller says so well in his, in one of his books, you do not realize that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is absolutely all you have. y'all I was physically on the ground. Weeping at God's face And it wasn't a show It wasn't a performance It was because I knew That God was the only one Who was holding me together And if he would love me And be so tight with me When I'm just a hot mess And struggling that much Then I can trust him with anything Y'all that was the game changer for me And that's why I'm here this weekend Is because I want y'all to see I don't care what you're struggling with. I don't care if you feel like you're so undisciplined, or you feel like whatever it is, you don't even know where to start. You're so overwhelmed by things I've been saying. I'm telling you, God's grace can meet you exactly where you are. You don't have to put on a show or a performance. So, I get really excited about that, Casey.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Really, really <laughs> I'm like,
2: I'm like into crowd. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. Okay, Just so, so I think I think what some
1: people are looking forward to. Um, Tonight is getting a little bit more practical. Talks a lot about just kind of like the theoretical um, concepts. And it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm on board. What do I do? And a few times this weekend you've mentioned the idea of spiritual practices. So could you just like flesh out what you mean by that and like give us some examples of some of those?
2: Absolutely. Um, So our... Can you raise your hand if you are a musician? Like you really love the piano, you play the violin, whatever it is, okay, we've got some musicians. Raise your hand, you can put your hands down. Raise your hand if if you played uh, high school sports. You're on a sports team like you were really focused on it. Okay, great, perfect. I think a lot of us are gonna understand this illustration then. Um, I was on a high school basketball team. Like I rode the pine, I never got in the game. I got into what we call garbage minutes. You know, when you're getting destroyed by 25 points. Um, Here he comes, off the bench. Um, I was on the basketball team, but I never played. And one of the things that you always do, if sports is not your thing, is you do layup drills. You practice your layups all the time. And uh, coaches basically drill it into you where it's automatic. at our team, we had like our pregame warm up thing. We would do it every practice to make sure you don't. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you do it every practice. And you practice these things. If you're a musician, uh, you practice your scales. You do the things that your instructor tells you to do. Why? Is it just like a waste of time? No, the point of the practices is that when you are in the stress and the rigor of the game or the recital, then the things are instinctual. So, It's very important when we're thinking about spiritual practices. We already have these categories in sports, in in, uh, music, in other areas. It's the exact same thing. What are the practices that I want to engage in to connect in my relationship with Jesus that actually are going to give me the strength and the well to draw from when I do feel stressed in the middle of an exam or uh, I, I am fearful or I'm really tempted. I'm really struggling with something that I'm really surprised by. Um, so, I love the language of spiritual practices and we're always practicing. So, um, that's like conceptually when we think about spiritual practices. What we're really talking about, guys, are, are, and I'll, I'll flesh these out and I'll even let Elizabeth speak to it as well because she has a ton of experience and we're wired up a little bit different with different personalities. Um, scripture Sabbath, um, communion, like the Lord's Supper on Sundays, um, fasting. There's like a long list, but just so we're really concrete and, and simple, those are foundational spiritual practices. At our church, we do communion every single Sunday because it's a spiritual practice. Every single week, we are receiving God's grace To be strengthened to follow him more faithfully that week. Um, Specifically talking about scripture. There's a lot of different ways you can think about um, utilizing scripture. Um, I want to be very honest with you. I have to start my day um, before I get out the door sitting down and just sitting with a verse, sitting with two or three verses Y'all, sometimes it's two minutes. I'm serious. Sometimes it's 20 minutes. Sometimes it's an hour. Very rarely. I would like it like to be more, but I'm, I want to be like, we're talking baby steps here. But I know if I go out that door without making sure that my mindset has been shifted away from me and my vision of the kingdom. And, and my productivity and my control and my performance, then I know that I, I'm actually not going to be loving Jesus and loving my neighbors. I'm going to be all about the kingdom of Justin, which is a total dumpster fire. And it doesn't work. So I have to be reminded of, um, yeah, so we're talking 20 seconds. Start somewhere. Baby steps. If that, you know, if 20 minutes sounds crazy, 20 seconds is great. Before I go any further, do you have anything you want to say about – Scripture and you were and, and prayer. You're about that. Yeah.
3: Um hear me. <laughs> um I think something that Justin and I kinda of got used to doing, and again, I hope that y'all can incorporate this into your life much younger than when we did. But um, I feel like especially in that season of suffering that he was talking about, there were days that neither of us could even like imagine kind of getting <laughs> and so, you know, and I I tend more towards anxiety and depression than Justin does. Um, and so I can get really stuck there um, at different, and I have uh, certain seasons of my life. But there are many days that we would just sit in our sunroom and literally just hold our hands up and just say, Okay, hey, I don't even know. not a sin. another big one that I feel like is very applicable and we felt this a lot when um,
0: when Justin was doing RUF was is just the idea of
3: Sabbath um, and I know that this is like majorly stepping on toes here but or could be um, we, we're we pretty big about protecting the Sabbath um, we don't let our kids do my work on Sunday and we get so much laugh about Ooh. that from them and they're like Sabbath is
2: this is an outrage, uh, mom and dad. Yeah, this is an outrage. Make work, so we make
3: their on, on it's like day. Jesus
2: flipping tables in the temple. Because kind
3: of <laughs> um, they're like, that's what Sunday ever made for. And we're like, okay, well, and I, I actually get this. And I'm not saying it's sin for you to do a homework on Sunday. What I am saying is I think it would be good for, like, there to be a structure in place um, for you to say, I'm going to work really, really hard. Worship, fellowship, going to dinners or serpentine or whatever it is on Sunday night, going to you know a Bible study or something like that. So I would just say it is super important to think at least think about how you can make Sundays look different um, than the other days of the week. Um, and again, this is this is like a big thing for our family, but I do. I mean, it it is in Scripture. So, again, it looks different for different people. But I do think um, there is just some tremendous rest that comes when you can
2: just rest from that intense work um, that can, you're doing Can I add
3: something today. to what you're saying about yeah. Sabbath?
2: Oh, okay. you can hang on to that. Yeah. Um, okay, what she's saying about Sabbath is absolutely spot on, and I'm just going to make a comment or two about that. I used to always see Sabbath as like what I can't do, like the negative. Like this is such bull. Like I've got so much crap to do. This is such a drag. I didn't understand what a gift it was to tell myself this is the only thing that I have to do today. Are you ready for it? I get to, This is what it looks like for me. I get to get up on a Sunday morning, and it's super life-giving for me to go for a jog around around our ben and i's neighborhood and just enjoy being in creation and then i get to worship with god's people and take communion and hear the gospel again and then i'm gonna like have a super great lunch with my friends usually like ted's most best downtown and i'm not trying to uh be uh whatever controversial but this is just me and i have a beer I have a beer on Sunday at ten. Wow! Getting crazy. Uh, I know that people have different ideas about alcohol. My point is like that is like a life-giving, enjoyable thing to like sit and linger and have a two or three-hour lunch with like Christian brothers outside on a beautiful day. In fact, this is what I'm doing today. I'm having a beer and I'm eating an awesome lunch, and then I'm going to go home. And then I'm gonna go for a walk around my around the block with Elizabeth. So, and we're gonna drop by Ben and Anna's house and just say hey and see see what kind of project Ben's gotten into next. <laughs> and y'all, that's what I get to do on Sundays. And it's just like I've got responsibility out the wazoo. I've got 25 campus ministers that are counting on me. I've got. 25 emails, 75 texts, all this crap that's super important. But I'm like, you know what? I ain't doing it on Sunday. Because this is the time to be with my family and to be with God's people and to recharge my batteries and to rest and to remind myself I'm, this is like, I'm super passionate about this. It is a protest movement. It is a protest against the pressures of our culture that say you are a human doing. You gotta fight and stand up against that and say, nope, I'm defined by the work of Jesus. And so I'm going to enjoy being with God's people and rest and go on a walk. And you know what? Sunday night, you know, 7 o'clock, I'm gonna start to pivot. We're gonna start to plan. We're gonna I'm gonna make my to-do list. I got all my apps lined up and we're gonna crush it, crush that to-do list on Monday morning. But until then, I'm with my family. And I'm telling you. I can't tell you what one thing that I got out of a Sunday, but it's the compounding impact of building that into my rhythm, our rhythm, year after year. It's like, oh, I'm not going insane. Oh, wow, I'm not as stressed out because the whole goal of it is not to earn brownie points with God. The whole point of it is I just want to have a deeper relationship with my God who loves me when I was a hot mess. And so that, it, like, this is amazing, I get this opportunity. So that's what I think about Sundays, and that's, that's been huge for me. And I used to think I don't, I don't like it.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Um, I'm gonna change this next question just a little bit, because I think you've spoken to it, Do it. Um, a lot in a great way. But how would you say um, that either yourselves or students um, could start to implement spiritual practices into life without it feeling like you're just adding more work and more things to do because um, yeah. it's a lot of what we talked about is kind of like resting in Jesus and going at his pace and yeah. talking about spiritual practices can sound like you're just putting more and more spiritual weight on yourself yeah. of so like all of these things that you now have to do so how would you say that you strike a balance between spiritual practices being something that is actually something that produces
2: rest perfect um, I'll say a couple things I, I bet you might that's my news, too. Um, y'all, if you walk away from this retreat, I want you, there's one thing that I, you've got to walk out with. One thing. Union leads to communion. The whole marriage illustration that I started out with to try to provide the parameters, the whole retreat is founded on that image. So I'm going to make sure we get this because I think that's really getting at the heart of your question, Casey. Um, like, if you are a Christian, you are united to Jesus, and that is a done deal. And our experience of whether we feel close to Him, or we feel distant, or have we done enough, that doesn't change the fact that God has united Himself to you, and you are with Him. In the same way that when you get married one day, Lord willing, then you actually you are like you are pronounced husband and wife. You are one. Okay. But the communion side to it, the relationship side to it, that you go through different seasons, ins and outs of that. And um, the whole goal of this is because you have this relationship, you are united to God, then your desire is to pursue that deeper connection and relationship with him. So all of these practices are all geared at driving at the idea of Deepening that relationship and deepening that connection. So, I, I really want to make sure that's really that's really important to me that we that we get this because that's pretty foundational. The second thing I, I would I would say is, and Elizabeth alluded to it, but it's important to, to highlight is, y'all you know, baby steps. This is not about getting it all straight. Start small. Start with something. Start with um, a couple of moments of prayer. Um, Start with um, a couple of, of, of scriptures, but like the best advice I can give is 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 just start somewhere. The whole goal of it is I just want to connect and be in relationship. Um, so union leads to communion, and then starting with something small um, is the other advice I would give. Do you have anything that you want to add to that? Um, Casey, I want to make sure I remember what your
3: question was. So you're saying. Say it again, like what are the practices or how can we do this in a way that doesn't just lead to something else to do? Yes. Okay. I think that one thing that was really helpful to me, because I I tend to be a little bit of a perfectionist and like you have to do it the right way. If I'm not going to do it right, I don't want to do it at all. Um, I think one thing that was helpful to me is, in some Instead of well I'll just give you an example so my sister-in-law gave me a one-year Bible read through Bible like devotion book. Is
2: going to be the filter that I need my life through today, or is it going to be what God tells me in his word about who he is and who I am based on who he is? Can I say two things about that as well? Um, y'all, I am—I struggle so much with this. I have an alarm on my phone that goes off at 2 o'clock every single day. Ben, I've probably been with Ben, and it's gone off. And it literally has, like, the emoji praying hands, and it says prayer. And I intentionally have it at two to interrupt my day because I get so focused on whatever I'm doing, which is, I think, important, and the Lord cares about that. But I want to interrupt my day just to take ten seconds to be like, Lord, I'm really freaking stressed out right now. Or, Lord, I really feel apathetic right now. Will you please soften my heart? In Jesus' name, amen. It's literally that. I'm not talking about these long, eloquent, honestly not genuine prayers. Like, I'm just talking be real. Um, I mean, so that's, that's one thing I, I would say. And secondly, Ben and I were talking about this, about um, busyness. Some of you guys and, and gals are really struggling, and you'll have these schedules that are unbelievable, and there needs to be that sense of you know figuring out what you're saying yes to and some of what you're saying no to. Others of y'all have so much time, and you feel like like I don't have class or I don't have I have this or that, but there still is that restlessness. But if you actually wrote down what you did during the day, um, how much time you were on your phone, how much time you were on Netflix, how much time you were on TikTok, all, whatever it is, you fill in the you know video games. Those are all great things. Um. The compounding impact of that is giving you a restless spirit, if that makes sense. So it can be like work and studying and clubs, or it can be just hanging out, hanging out and being so absorbed with entertainment that there's an unrest in us. So I know that you know we, we fall on different sides on that. And, and that's the reason why y'all for me, and again, this is just me, I had to put significant limits on my phone. That's how, like, I'm a 43-year-old man, but I had to, like, delete my Instagram and Facebook account completely. I, uh, I turn off all of the notifications on my iPhone, including texting and email. So that just like when I walk down to the mailbox to get my mail, I choose when I get messages and mail. Because I wanted to be fully present with people and as much as I can walk with Jesus throughout the day that was where what the Lord led me to I'm by no means saying that's the right thing but I had to tell myself I'm a slave to this thing. Jesus is my master not the people in Silicon Valley so I'm going to submit my life and, and that's what I had to do you know so that's that's just one suggestion though but that was a practice and it's because I yeah so.
1: Yeah, appreciate that. Really, really good stuff. Um, One other question that's kind of maybe the opposite end of that, um, but how would you say, or what would your advice be on how to keep from using slowing down to Jesus' pace as an excuse to just avoid productivity and like the things that we're actually supposed to do in the day? So, like, I'm picturing here you're like on your couch watching Netflix, and then it pops up. Are you still watching? And then you click. Heck yeah, I am. I'm going to Jesus's pace today. You know those kinds of things. Um, so how do you how do you not use that as an excuse for um, not doing the things you
2: need to do? I guess. Yeah, I, I really do believe. Uh, I think it was Simon Syndic C- Syndac. How do you pronounce his name, Ben? Syndac. Is that right? Syndic. He wrote a book called Starting with the Why, and I think we should always ask the why question of everything we're doing. So embedded in that question is this sense like of, um, I'm gonna use the language of going at Jesus's pace to essentially kind of be able to do what I wanna do. Whereas I would wanna argue from the very beginning, I'm suggesting that true life is found in like submitting to our master Jesus in everything. And um, and within that, uh, it's, it's all about relationship and connection. And so the whole language of slowing down to Jesus' pace, toward what end? To be in relationship. Not slow down to Jesus' pace so that now I get to actually kind of do, like I've checked the Jesus box, which I did so long. She, I still struggle with it. Um, but, again, I want to keep going back to that why question of it is about relationship. And our hearts constantly move move back to merit, right? Earning our way, checking the box, and it's about uh, connection and relationship. Do you have anything you want to say? Well, I just think the end
3: goal is always loving God and loving others, right? So if we, when I, when I burn the candle at both ends and don't ever, what ends up happening is I'm, like, snapping ear with my children and then with them, you know, so if it's like, if I'm not, you know, and sometimes that does mean laying on my couch and watching Netflix, um, but to the end of, like, I'm, I'm going to, I don't know, it's so, it's so, it's so tricky because you can't, like, see my heart in it, but it's like, if this is, if this is, if this is just an age.
2: So tricky, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
1: think it's really great. Um, we have another like question or two or three that we can ask that are still written down here. Some more that people have submitted. But just if y'all have any questions that you've kind of thought of real time, just wanted to turn it to you guys. If you guys have um, any follow up questions or any areas you feel like um, haven't been addressed yet, y'all can just like raise your hands or shout it out or whatever. If not, we can just keep going with another question or two, but wanted to give y'all the opportunity if you have anything that you've thought of, um, any questions
0: to ask. Yeah? So, as a relatively new Christian, I wanted to basically ask, you mentioned in today's How do you even begin
2: to find fulfillment in this way and actually look at it? Hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Can I, can I ask you a question?
3: Yeah. Are you comfortable are are <laughs> with that? Yeah, no, you're definitely good. Okay. Oh, uh. <laughs>
2: What compelled you to want to become a Christian? Uh, what, what did you find interesting? I showed up to argue with by chance and
0: saw what they were saying like, that's what I'm doing. That's it. That's like what my life has been missing. Mm.
2: And what is what did you find that you were missing? What was the missing piece?
0: That my entire life I never found validation.
2: That is amazing. And thank you for having the courage to share that. And I totally get that as well. That's that's a bit of my story as well. I asked you that question not to embarrass you or put you on the spot. I asked you that question because that's where you need to camp out. Is the fact that the God of heaven and earth created everything, created time, created you, and created you to be in his family. And he has filled you with the validation that your heart has hungered for and that that is yours in Christ. And that idea and that truth from the scriptures of the work of Christ is actually I think the first step toward that um, carrying that easy yoke that Jesus is talking about to actually think about think upon that. like if that is what's compelling or, or beautiful, or that vision of the good life, then like you're like, what what are the next steps? Think about that for just a couple of seconds throughout the day. Really think about are there maybe some verses that talk about God's strength or His power, His love for you? Uh, maybe you know that you could memorize or think about those kind of. That's how practical we're talking. Is just one little verse, maybe a First Corinthians thirteen. God is love. Like, you you know, memorizing one little verse to tell, you, tell yourself. Um, so I want to be as concrete and practical as possible. Yeah. Well, Hopefully that'll, yeah. Well,
3: I would say, too, just like the, that what you share is very personal. It was like, you know, you were seeking this validation. And so what I would say is, you know, I know I've said it several times, but spend some time just studying the Gospels, learning is who you've been in a relationship with, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and it's so it's so hard to not.
1: questions from the crowd, from other people. Um... All right, we'll we'll go ahead. We've got one um, last question for Justin. Um, But before we ask that, if y'all have, um, there are plenty of text questions that we didn't get to. Um, So if you'd like to, talk to Justin on this afterwards any of that with you um or additionally um talk to one of us um intern staff people here um Ben, myself, uh, Trevor, Jeremiah. When Monday rolls around, we are just still your interns and still here and still available to you guys. And we also have heard all of the same content, have the same thoughts swirling in our minds. And so, if you have questions that you either asked or didn't, we'd love to continue these conversations with you guys because um, these things really do get very personal to your own specific life and personality. If you just love to have someone to process
0: through that with you. We'd love to keep doing that with y'all. So keep that in mind. Um, Last question. Uh, Yeah? Can I put one in either before yours or after yours? Totally. Go for it. I wanted to, um, I'm asking this because I think it would be helpful. You've mentioned several times the phrase knowing what to say yes to or no to. And something we were talking about at dinner, which you mentioned again tonight, which I've never thought of that fascinates me as how many people Jesus must have disappointed because he didn't have time for what they wanted him to make time for. He'd be like, I'm out of here. Like, I'm going to sleep. Or, um, I'm going away for a few days. Or, sorry, I'm with these people. And like, he could have filled everybody he came into contact with, but only a few. Um, So, and you made the comment that that's, and he's the true human being. He is who we are all made to be. And so we see in him how different we are than him. Either because we say no to everything or we say yes to everything. So here's my question. Could you give us any practical help, a framework, how to think through what should we say yes to and what should we say no to? And let's get practical. Why did you say yes to this retreat? Because you didn't have to. It took a ton of your time on top of your job. It took a ton of your family's time. Yeah, that's a
2: great question. Um, I think the first question uh, or the first way that I want to talk about that is what is the aim of the opportunity, Um, whatever it is, like a retreat, uh, a small group, a – Whatever it is, uh, honor society or uh, to be in the biology club. Those are all great opportunities. How do you know what to choose? Um, I think a fundamental question is this really aimed at loving God and loving neighbor, or is it self focused? Is it fundamentally about my resume, my name being up in life, you know, those, those kind of things? Um, I think that's really, really important is asking, is it about loving Jesus and loving our neighbor? Um, the second thing I would say is, and this is a relatively new category for me, even as a pastor, uh, and I, I, think it, I think we need to talk more about this: is understanding our limits, like living within our limits. I used to think about like living within limits as, oh, I'm fallen, I'm broken, uh, you know, blah blah blah, I'm weak. No, 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 God created us intentionally with limits, and we we all have different limitations. But you can't compare yourself with the people around you. You have to know yourself well enough to know what are your margins, what are, what are your limits, what are your boundaries. What I typically see is that um, if we don't have – if we're not aware of that, we will burn our candle at both ends because that is um, the, the prevailing viewpoint in our, in our culture. So understanding our limits. So that's getting into Ben's specific question as we were talking about this retreat. I took a couple of – I think I, I – took a number of days before I gave Ben an answer, not because I didn't want to do this. I was like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? An opportunity to come and be back with the Georgia RUF group, Ridgehaven. I love it. I used to bring students here. This is amazing. Go with my family. How can I say – like I'm just going to say yes now. I was like, no, I need to pray about this. Like maybe the Lord doesn't want me to do this. Like it's a good opportunity, but number one is this consistent – with uh, loving God and loving neighbor? Is it consistent with uh, my calling and to serve in this particular area? Um, And also, do I have the bandwidth emotionally and spiritually along with the other commitments that I've been called to, to be able to actually steward this and and to prepare well and to read and to write and and to do that work? Um, I had to say no to some other really good opportunities Um, But I gladly said – but like so that I could say yes to this because I wanted to, right? It was a delight to. But I think that's – you have to recognize your limits and your capacities. Um, Someone else came to me after I'd committed to this with another wonderful opportunity, and I really wanted to do it. But I I said no. And the reason – and three years ago, I would have said yes. Uh, I said no because I knew that I was going to, that was going to be beyond my capacities. So I know, hopefully you can apply that to your situation. But notice, I'm presupposing that you know yourself. You actually know the way God has uniquely wired you up with your disposition, your temperament, your personality, your capacities, your physical strengths. And so you have to be aware of those kind of ideas as well. So...
0: Is I would it? say
3: one little thing I would see in there too is, um, and I definitely To outside things, so that I have time to for my internal world to just have a little bit of break, um, and so.
2: thought of one more concrete example too about limits i think will really apply to a lot of you guys um particularly your freshman or sophomore year there's so many great opportunities there's so many great churches there's so many great ministries so many great service opportunities part of the limits category that i'm humbly laying before you is understanding that if you are uh not sinking your roots down deep into one community, then no one actually will know you. If you're spreading yourself in, in multiple ministries, multiple churches, because it's like, these are all so great, and I love the worship here, and I love the teaching here, but the small groups are so legit over here, and I love the mercy ministry. Um, you have to pick one community, sink your roots down deep, because otherwise, the pattern that I saw when I was the campus minister about the end of the sophomore year beginning of the junior year a student will sit down and say, bro, I don't think like I know anybody, but I've done like
0: 17 different things.
2: So I just want to challenge you. Um, you may have to say, you know what, I'm, I, I thought God was calling me to really go all in in this place. And that's part of understanding your limits as well. know that's super hard, by the way. That feels like death. So hard.
1: Really good, things. Um, we have just one last question. I promise you my eyes feel as tired as y'all's eyes look. Um, but just for our last little question, um, what are some books and resources that you recommend? You've talked about this for you know a couple of different times throughout um, yeah. the weekend. But we just love if um, people are um, interested in reading some more books and getting some more resources about this. Which ones do you recommend?
2: Um, absolutely. Um, so i these are the three books that i asked ben to pick up because i really hope that they will encourage you in your faith and they're hitting it from different sides so um, let me also first say this i hope that we that we know this just because a book is recommended it doesn't necessarily mean that the speaker or ruf agrees with every single line of every single book we always challenge you to uh, compare everything you read and hear with the scriptures. So I'm not saying that I wholeheartedly endorse all of this, okay? But these are great books that I want you to consider. Um, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry uh, by John Mark Comer, um, a lot of the ideas are from his book. So, so helpful. They're, um, and what he really is highlighting is the fact that um, spiritual practices. He goes into a lot more detail and and how those spiritual practices help us to carry that yoke of, of being in relationship with Jesus in a very concrete and encouraging way. It's a very accessible easy read. If you're not a Christian I would highly recommend you picking this book up. He's writing it knowing there's all kinds of viewpoints and he's trying to really build a convincing case for why frankly, following Jesus um, is, a, is a beautiful life. So, um, I think that's a great book. For um, other people who are more motivated or inspired by not like ideas and arguments and quotes and sound bites, but like a story and a life, then I would encourage you to pick up, this is a classic bit of Christian literature. It's called The Practice of the Presence of God. There was an old friar, an old priest who um, had a physical disability and worked in a very mundane, uh, you know, doing chores and, and, and serving other people. And this is like his diary while he's going through his day, doing normal activities, and he's talking about who Jesus is and his love and his compassion and his power and his strength while he's like cleaning out horse stalls and all these kind of things. And I read this as a college student, guys, in the uh, in the '90s, and I thought. I don't know this dude, but like he's gotten a hold of something that is really beautiful, and I want to learn more about it. All these books on the table. Uh, so The Practice of the Presence of God, $2. All of you, just just buy it. It's so encouraging. And then this book, the last book I recommend, is called The Common Rule. And uh, this is for my friends here who really uh, want to do a deeper dive into the practical Realities of a uh, of the of spiritual practices, he says that in John fifteen, the idea of the vine and the branch and growing, he's, he he argues that we all need a trellis on our life, a structure to allow the vine to grow, and he argues that uh, the trellis are the are these structures that we that we build into our day that are driven by loving God and loving neighbor. This this book would be like. The opposite of this book, right? Both both getting at the same thing. Beautiful story, amazing man. Wow, that's so compelling. This is more like practical. Getting into it. How do you actually do it? How do you how do you you know build these things out? All three amazing. Uh, check them out. So uh, those are those are three books that I would encourage you um, to pick up, and then. The last resource, I didn't tell Ben about this one. This is what I use with Ben and the other RUF campus ministers that I shepherd and seek to serve. This is an amazing, it's called Seeking God's Face. You can buy it on Amazon. I love this book. It is a blending, it has scripture verses, and then it has a prayer in it. And so I will just take five minutes and read the verses And pray the scripted prayer To myself And there's one for every day It is so helpful This is also, uh, some RUF groups Like Wake Forest, Davidson College number of other places They do these in their small groups And they get together corporately And uh, one person will read the Old Testament passage One person will read the New Testament passage uh, She'll do the scripted prayer And then Casey will close It's like 15 minutes But they meet on campus and they just do that. So, again, simple little practices. I'd love to talk to you more. I know you guys are exhausted. Y'all, I hope y'all got something out of this this weekend. I have gotten so much out of it. It has been so energizing just for me to be with y'all and to see y'all in community with others. So thank you so much for listening to us. Feel (laughs) good.